And now, brought to you by Cliff Graham's Good Battle Chewers, because all other Israel trips are for Ponzi's. www.goodbattletewers.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in crystal clear Zencaster audio uh, by Zachary Bartles. And Zach, we are just nine minutes away from celebrating the the one-hour anniversary of when we were going to start this program. And it's... It seems like it's so long ago, you know? It seems like so long ago. I know it's gone so quickly, you know? I mean, the... The minutes just fly by when we're together. And by together, I mean on different pieces of technology trying to make that technology work. Um, it's really, really um, just an amazing thing. But uh, what we've done, and it, 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 I don't know if we want to be this raw and kind of this open with the audience, but um, it can take us some time to get connected via the technology. Um, but we got some new technology here, and I think that I think that I have hope for the future. I think it's going to be it's going to be smoother going forward. I have hope for the future too, and and let me be clear in saying that I'm not. I don't regret our past, Zach. <laughs> I don't. Re- I don't you have don't any regret regrets. The Commodore sixty four era. <laughs> I don't have any regrets about the last hour we spent swearing at our various computers trying <laughs> to get connected as we are now. I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be connected. Um, and baby, we have some stuff to talk about, man. And I want to, I want to get into a little company business here right off the bat, and and say that um, there has been no Kahan Man appearance. Dude, you're K-Han saying that Man wrong, is, by the way. There's no Kahan Man at all. And how do you know that I'm saying it wrong, Zach? You know, somebody went ahead and uh, and let us know via like a link to some sort of Colombian Spanish. Um, mm online tutorial so now we know i thought it was really helpful of you though to just gently point out to this gentleman that we we actually don't record the show in colombian spanish so (laughs) although maybe the new the new software we're using is colombian um (laughs) it it, it comes from the cartels well Uh, maybe they maybe they know where kahan man is located maybe they can bottom of the ocean (laughs) track down his whereabouts but uh but yeah you know what again we should have been more upfront all along with our audience and (laughs) In letting them know that this is an English language podcast. I feel like a lot of people just assume that that their favorite podcasts are recorded in Colombian Spanish. They do, and that's a common misconception, really. That's a, I, I've made that mistake. I mean, who among us hasn't, you know? That's every man's battle is what that is. So I'm, I'm taken aback is the wrong word. I'm a little put off that there's been no Kahan man. Yeah, there's all this fawning praise, but if he likes the program yeah. that much, honestly, it's not like we're throwing a new one out every five days and it's hard to keep up. I mean, yeah, claim I mean, your say, book. You know, right, send us we your essay. His praises. Exactly. Let's let's see the essay and let's we want we want to ship out your book, Kahan Man. Um, <laughs> that's that's where we are. And um, Zach, can we just put a pin in this Kahan Man discussion for one second? Okay. Long enough for me to 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 ask you the following vis-a-vis the technology on the program. Okay. Is it weird that in my headphones I can hear you, but I can't hear me? Um, I would be more concerned if it were the other way around since I initiated the call. 
Okay. I bet it's just a setting that you have. Okay. Now, I will say vis-a-vis the settings, it's not letting me click on the little tool icon anymore, I think because we're recording. I can't either. Okay. Well, we may just have to live with this. Uh, does, does it bother you that you can't hear yourself? I would like to hear myself. I'm not going to lie. But, but, we, could, but, we could start a new recording. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I'm, I'm scared to do that. So okay. here's what I'm going to do, Zach, as a, as a bit of a compromise. What I'm going to do is take one earphone, like let's say off my right ear, <laughs> and just kind of put it back on, onto the back of my head, like in the, in the way that some really douchebaggy, like middle-aged softball playing guys kind of turn their, their, their uh, sunglasses around and wear them on the back of their heads. Have you seen this? <laughs> I've seen, yeah. I've, I've never done that. I've never done it either, but it, I, I will tell you this, and this is just more authenticity for me. It yeah. makes me, for a, just a split second, almost murderously angry when I see that. <laughs> and it's again, it's irrational. There's no, there's no real explaining it. Other what than what I like, Chad, is when you see the guy and he's got a backwards ball cap on. With upside down sunglasses on the back of the hat so that it's resting on the visor. And then he's shielding his eyes with his hand and squinting into the sun. And you're like, guy, you got two, you know, pieces of technology (laughs) on your head that That are really meant to help. Yeah, right. They were made. I I would argue that the ball cap and definitely the sunglasses, (laughs) they were... They were both made for that for that express purpose of shielding your eyes from the sun. When I see a man doing that, and it's always the same kind of like, kind of ruddy, slightly <laughs> overweight, middle-aged dude who looks like he lifts weights like once every two weeks. You know and what I mean? loves mowing his lawn on his rider lawnmower. Loves his riding lawnmower, loves playing a little beer league softball. What is he, what is he drinking while he has the hat on backwards with the sunglasses on it? Cheap swill of some kind <laughs> I was gonna say like, Bud Light but yeah but yeah you're right in that right in that wheelhouse absolutely absolutely <laughs> this you know guy what? this is not my kind of guy this is not my kind of guy <laughs> dude my walking's getting better I was practicing the other day dude I think you should read a tweet in, in walking's voice today I'll try I would like that that would be fun nice. I did walk in in my class the other day and I got a laugh my students like man you know yeah, I like to yeah. see that I like to see you grow in that way dude I'm just trying I'm just kind of pushing my boundaries you know <laughs> I'm just just kind of like trying to be a better follower of Christ I'm trying to be a better walking I'm trying, you know, trying I'm trying to be, be a better, better dad exactly that's where I'm growing I'm seeing some growth in my life in that area maybe <laughs> I'm gonna talk about something else you mentioned being a being a, a better Christian man. And the best Christian man that I can think of, besides you, obviously, is, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. is, is John Piper. Uh-huh. And in our pre-show production meeting uh, a moment ago... Which was 55 mentioned... minutes of us intermittently planning and, and, and getting angry. And getting angry, that's right. That's another... um, you mentioned something about John Piper in our production meeting, and I just wanted to, I wanted to hear more about that. Well, I said that I, I had noticed something recently, and I didn't really suss it, but I'm going to suss yeah. now. Um, suss. That in the last week and a half, okay. uh, I've noticed on my various news feeds and streams uh-huh. uh, that it has become very fashionable for okay. people of a certain stripe to just turn completely on John Piper for one. Uh-huh. Uh, but even more popular is to turn simultaneously against Piper and Lecrae and claim that you saw this 
slip into liberalism coming long ago and you know like just like he said you know Piper said farewell to Rob Bell we all need to farewell to John Piper because he's you know straight up compromised and and wow uh, yeah See, I, 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 know, I, I know I know zero about this so uh, how has Piper allegedly slid into liberalism which I can I can assure you is not actually what's happening but <laughs> why, why are people think- mad that it's happening I haven't read a ton about it. I know mm. it started with a Lecrae interview where he was said he was kind of distancing himself from like the white evangelical world um, yeah. because he was just kind of bored with it and he wanted to keep you know doing his rap music for the people that that kind of related and he related most to. And I know someone else is doing that actually, but he's a white <laughs> evangelical. Is he somehow connected to to kind of both ends of this <laughs> equation? He may be. He may be. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but he mentioned Piper in the in the mix somehow, and mm-hmm. Piper was like, "Yeah, that sounds okay. I'm not upset about that. You know, best mm-hmm. of luck to you." And yeah. I think what really happened, Ted, mm-hmm. is that there's a group of people who have been slowly kind of uh, anathematizing and excommunicating everyone for being too <laughs> okay. liberal, and they okay. literally ran out of people and started having to just like kind of tag people in their own inner circle. And mm. so it was just Piper's time. And I'm talking about, you know, like pulpit and pen, yeah. uh, which is, you know, kind of the worst of the worst of everything the of the there is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Brandon House, uh, you know, just people that you 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 wouldn't want to spend any moments with, you know. Zero moments. Um, yeah. Zero is the number of moments I would want to spend <laughs> with any of those people. I mean, I want it's not that I don't want to spend time. It's that I want to spend zero time, you know. Zero time. Yeah. Yeah. There's if I had all the time in the world, I still wouldn't want to spend any moments with them. But the thing is, it's like normal guys that like I I have connections with through, you know, the the Spurgeon Smoke Lounge mm-hmm. group or whatever. And they're retweeting this crap. And like it's it's getting traction. So with regular people. Yeah. Let me try and understand this. So they're like giddy and excited about excommunicating Piper. They just feel yeah. like I'm it's really doing something now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm really doing something, man. I'm. I'm turning on John Piper. Look at me. Look what I can do. <laughs> Look what I can do. Judas. Dude, you know what gives me a lot of comfort in this conversation, though? What's that? And, and I'm going to try my, my best to say this without swearing. <laughs> I'm, I'm comforted by the fact that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that neither John Piper nor Lecrae give, give a crap Yes. About any of this, you know, that's what makes me the happiest in the in yes. this whole thing. They don't care. They, and they're not like, ooh, I feel righteously, you know, yeah. uh, martyred. They, they're just, it's no, off not the even radar. that. They have Absolutely. zero feelings about it. Yes. Zero. I love that. <laughs> they don't love or hate this controversy. They literally nothing it. Yeah, they nothing it. They They have no thoughts on it. <laughs> well, that's really interesting, baby. And I feel like it's interesting that like. John Piper is sort of the, he's sort of the barometer for all these things. You know what I mean? Because he's kind of been in the middle of these, like, is he liberal or is he not liberal controversies mm-hmm. before? Like when he, I don't know, he, he like said hello to Rick Warren in the airport and then a bunch <laughs> of people excommunicated him for that. They had like a Cinnabon together at, at, at LAX and it was a huge deal, you know? Dude, people who are chomping on the bit to excommunicate are mm-hmm. people that I want to. I don't skate, and I've never played ice hockey, but I <laughs> specifically want to check them into the boards really hard. Dude, it would be uh, nice. And just kind of watch them crumple to the ice. It would be nice if we could check them into the boards. If we could get some skates and find a, a rink. 
Yeah, a little Wayne and find a rink and make that happen, man. Make What's it- funny is simultaneous with this thing mm-hmm. was that um, the the Calvinist documentary has come out. Okay. And the, it, you know, it's kind of it kind of takes everyone through the beginning of Young Rest- Younger Young Restless. I almost, I almost said our book, Younger Restless, yeah, yeah. through Young Restless Reformed, all the way up through like the Driscoll uh, blow up and different mm-hmm. things and the death of Emergent mm-hmm. and throughout. Kind of John Piper is the constant. Interesting. Um, and then right as that comes out, there's a, a little movement of uh, look what I can do. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm uh, I'm too good even for the Godfather of this thing. Wow. And my theology is offended by by his you know whatever he's supposedly doing you know giving credence to liberation theology or I don't I, I don't even want to know what yeah. supposedly he did that right. that sullies him. I don't who either. cares. Baby, can I ask you a couple of questions about the Calvinist documentary in in in, the, in this way? Okay. There, there's almost zero chance that I will actually watch it. Okay. Which is not an indictment of the documentary itself. It's more just me knowing myself well enough to know that there's so many things that I actively actually want to watch that I'll never get to it. You know what I mean? I can't see you watching it, Ted. I can't no. see you go- carrying it through the end either. No, it, it gets pretty dry in the middle. Yeah, I'm showing it at my church um, Reformation Week, um, and I think that a lot of people will be bored by it. And mm-hmm. it, it's just it seems like the thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, sure. No, I think I think it's fine to do that. And and if I was still in the area, I would come to watch it with you because okay, I would want to I would want to do that. Be watching it with you would be an exercise in like. You and I having fun with um, with that going on in the background, um, <laughs> dude. And it, Calvinist documentary, by the way, brought to you by Missional Wear, like produced executive producer Missional Wear. No joke. Are you kidding me? Like Missional Wear is a part of that? Yeah. Maybe that's why they they take on average, and and this is just a ballpark. This is a shot in the dark. You know, I'm just throwing darts at a board here, baby. I would say darts in the dark is what it is, which is a dangerous sport. On average, it takes them about six months to return an email from us. I like how lately, though, what they'll do is just they're they're like a tease. They're like that girl in your youth group that would like smile at you in that way and get your hopes up and then just kind of coolly go off, you know, somewhere else. And you wouldn't see her for a while or she'd be with another guy. Like they sent us. She's holy crap. Those graphics, man. Yeah, those graphics were incredible. Yeah. Dude, it's like the, this is the sort of thing you might see someday on a on a beer stein or an ashtray. It's like co- they're they're the coquettish youth group girl. They they came to youth group one night looking all hot, and they and they, <laughs> and they they batted their eyes at us, and they they wore something nice, and we misinterpreted Zach. We misinterpreted the signals. <laughs> we thought there was something there when there wasn't. You know. I don't know. I think if I was going to get into creepy territory and push this metaphor, they yeah. didn't just wear something nice they something and we misinterpreted. They actually texted us some photos. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. They did that. <laughs> they texted us. And they were nice photos. They were really nice photos. And we thought there was there was something there and there's not. So, there's something there that wasn't there before. So is what we where thought, if you're you know. out there, stop doing this. Stop being coquettish with us and with others because <laughs> we know you're doing it to other people too. Um <laughs> It's it's not helpful, dude. Missional wear, and I do want to get to your questions about the Calvinist oh, doc. Sure, but yeah. missional wear is—I did not realize this—but uh-huh. the guy that does all their art, his name is Peter. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say it wrong because he's actually not even American. I think. Oh, that Peter makes him Voth. Cool. Yeah, it does. Peter, this guy's so Peter cool. Falk. Peter. 
<laughs> V-O-T-H. Oh, oh yeah, that's a cool Check one. him on Twitter. Yeah. And he he has done, if it exists in the kind of hemisphere of Christianity that we that we inhabit. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about if it's doctrine and devotion, if it's, you know, Sola Gloria jeans brand. I mean, anything in the world that's that's in our in our kind of area. Yeah. He has done the artwork for it. Wow. Including us, only we we just, you know, haven't seen the product yet. I think Missional Wear cultivates this. They cultivate this image of like, oh, it's just like a dude and his wife and they're like packing the boxes in their basement and it's just like a little mom and pop, but I think it's like 80 sweatshops. It's like 80 sweatshops and I think they're cultivating that that kind of motif because they they know that it makes us feel sorry for them and and we cut them slack when they don't respond to an email in 6 months. <laughs> You know what I mean? In, in reality, what it is is it's so it's four families of yeah. homeschooled kids, yeah, and like half their school day. Which means and so like we're talking about like kids. seventy kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> seventy eight. You said seventy. I said eighty. Let's split the difference. It's probably seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah. yeah, to be a realist, right? <laughs> and they're packing boxes, and they're running. They're running that machine that we saw in the roost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you like bring down the the you know design on the shirt, and then it peels right off uh, when machine. you get home. Yeah, they're running those machines like. All, all around the clock in that basement. Breathing those vapors in. Breathing the vapors, and all the while their mom saying, you know what, you don't have to go to college. It's just a, it's a sham, <laughs> you know? <laughs> or maybe it's completely above board, but they'd have to prove that to us by emailing us back. Right, I'm not going to... Balls in your court. The balls in your court, <laughs> Mission Aware. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to part with this notion of you as, as a coquettish youth group girl until we get a little email back. So, there it is. <laughs> And you too, Kahan Man. Kahan Man's gotten our hopes up too. Or wait a minute, dude. What if Kahan Man is missional wear? Oh, I think there's a strong possibility. In which case, we can expect to hear from Kahan Man only about once every every six months. Um, <laughs> wait, and we've already heard from him in the form of a, an iTunes review. So, Zach, listen, don't get your hopes up, Zach. It's Kahan yeah. Man. <laughs> Sorry, I. You know what? I I do spend. I know it sounds like I don't, but I do spend a good forty five minutes a day just running kind of linguistic drills <laughs> on my Colombian Espanol. So, well, that's you know that's what you do when you're in the radio business, like we are. I mean, people think we just roll in here and very casually uh, connect online with each other right away and and do a show. But there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of voice work that goes into it and voice <laughs> exercises, and I, I spend. And I'm sure you do too. Six to eight hours a day just training for this. What did I hear? What was that pleasant little noise that I heard in the background? Someone's blowing up my phone. I'm guessing, it, and it is our boy Johnny Shex. Mm. The number of uh, the number of messages from him has gone from one to six in in the last few seconds. Okay. What's he have to say? Want me to read it? Sure. Oh, you know what he's sending me? He's sending me awesome stuff, like Spurgeon quotes and stuff that he's reading at the moment. He likes to, I'm sure he does the same with you, is sharing with me his awesome devotional reading. Mm. Cool. <laughs> and and because I had my phone, you know, not muted, he's also interrupting the podcast, exactly. so I, mu- I muted exactly. it. I'll read that stuff later. Um, baby, I want you to talk about, uh, again, something else that you teased in the pre-production meeting. Um Dude, I was a kind of like a missional wear tease in that meeting. You were, if you, will. you were the coquettish youth group girl, except <laughs> except you weren't then denying me access to you. You know, exactly. That's where exactly. The I'm that youth group girl your parents warned you about. Is what I. That's am. where the analogy <laughs> of the analogy breaks down. <laughs> in that you're giving me full access. 
So one of the things that you mentioned in the meeting, um, and it's, it's something that's come up on the program several times. Um, and I think, again, more authenticity here. The embarrassing thing about how it comes up is that I bring it up with such vigor and excitement as though it's the first time I brought it up on the program. And then you very gently remind me that I bring it up nearly every time we do an episode. So I think... Is this going to be school ties? What are we talking no, about here? we're talking about Reality Bites. Okay. Is Reality yeah, Bites right. or School yeah, Ties? Yeah, because I watched it a long okay. ago. And we were texting a lot about yes, it. Yes, yes. I love that movie. I'm a huge fan. So yes. what do you have to say about Reality Bites? You've got a theory, and I want, I want it to hear the theory. What? Obviously, Reality Bites is the ultimate 90s movie. I mean, that's yes. not even the oh theory. That's gosh. just obvious. Emblematic of, yeah, everything 90s is in that movie. I love the, it. The, you got the gay character who needs to come out to mom and dad, and Steve Zahn right? plays him so well. Incredible. Um, you've got the girl, Jean, and, and she's Janine Garofalo. Oh, and, she's and, you so know, which 90s. Is, I love her. Being Janine Garofalo is a 90s thing to begin mm. with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she's getting the AIDS test, which is a quote-unquote rite of passage for her generation or whatever. Yes, dude. But here was my – and I was trying to suss this out with, with uh, my wife, and I don't know that she fully cared to engage with it because it involved referencing an, the ultimate you know, quintessential 80s movie. Uh-huh. Which what is the what is the reality bites of the eighties, man? I'm not even we didn't we didn't talk about this beforehand. What would you say? Answer the reality to bites of the eighties. Yeah. Wow. What, see, what's I the quintessential eighties? You know, kind of. There are a lot of coming these, of man. age. Uh, I'm gonna say either Ferris Bueller's Day Off or Back to the Future. Okay. You see, I thought you were gonna go into different because those are those are popcorn movies that that purported yeah. to really reach the masses. You know, like yeah, all yeah, yeah. the. In fact, even Mrs. Poole goes through all the, the categories of people who love Ferris. What oh, about the kind at, of... You're looking at like something a little artier, something a little uh, more offbeat from the 80s? Yeah. Huh. And it, and it's the reality bites of the 80s. Yeah. Wow, like St. Elmo's Fire? I don't know, man. I'm really grasping now. Um, you, you tell me. What, what do you think it is? My thought was that this reality bites was really... A new, not even a new generation, just a, a new stage in life's version of say anything. Oh, interesting. Because they're both like I, I feel like both of those are for the people who were in late high school, early college, mm -hmm. a, a kind of touch point for yes, referencing you know coming of age and mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. I, finding your identity and everything. Interesting. Um, but but my. My kind of, and this isn't even, this is just basically bearing out the, the idea that it's the ultimate 90s movie. Yeah. Was that in Say Anything, which we both love. I love right? it. We should Absolutely. put that on a record. Yeah. Obviously, Lloyd Dobler is the character that you, that everyone just loves, falls yeah. in love with. Yeah. Even the fact that he is a very dangerous, you know, stalker with martial arts training. Yeah. Um, you overlook that because Sport he's, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell by your face that this, <laughs> um, but but in Reality Bites, the guy played by uh, Ethan... Ethan Hawke. I almost said Ethan Embry. Dude, Ethan, Ethan Hawke Hawk is Mr. 90s. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mr. 90s! Oh. In, in fact, for him, I hate that the 90s is over. I feel like several times a day, people probably come up to him on the street and just say, hey, man, I'm so sorry. And he's like, what? And people are like, that the 90s is over. 
I don't know, man. In the Audis, he had Training Day. Oh, and yeah. then more recently, he had uh, The Magnificent Seven, which is the perfect movie. Yes. Only he's now Mr. 90s because he looks like he's in his 90s. You know he what does. I mean? Yes, yeah. He aged into his 90s since the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that character is so, in, in Reality Bites, yeah. is so unlikable. Uh-huh. He's not the winsome one. Like, no, he's not. They, sw- they did a 90s thing, which was to switch it. The yes, Lloyd Dobler mm-hmm. is Winona Ryder yes. in, in Reality Bites. That's right. That's right. Baby, that's fascinating. Yeah, I I would say of the two movies, I love Say Anything. I appreciate Reality Bites because it's... I watch Reality Bites only for nostalgic purposes. You know what I mean? I don't uh-huh. I don't love it as a movie. I'm not like, oh, Reality Bites, it's so fun. It makes me feel good or whatever. It uh, doesn't move you. It just no, reminds you of the time. It reminds me of the time, exactly. And I enjoy seeing the fashion. I enjoy seeing the actors. Um, you know, g- good script, good performances, the whole thing. But it doesn't, like, it doesn't get, get my emotions like, say, anything does. Um, but it, but but that which is said, weird because both of us came up in more in the '90s. You know, we were in yes. college in the '90s. We were young adults in the '90s, yeah. which is what's going on in Reality Bites. It is, but yet I don't identify with much of it because I would have hated all those kids in the '90s. Right, you and I got married in you know at a younger age, uh-huh. and we didn't have that like I didn't have that like that tortured stage that they're in yeah and i just started working like right away i wasn't like (laughs) how dare you yeah i mean i wasn't like oh what am i gonna do you know existential angst i was just like oh ted i just i'm sorry to interrupt i just realized something though there is a an actor in common between those two movies uh let me don't say it don't say it um uh, in 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 oh man is it piven no no piven's not in either of them no, Piven's in. Uh, he doesn't say anything. He has a he, real, is. he has a real bit part, man. He's a drunken friend of you're Lloyd right, Dobler. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he's uh, he's a guy who wants his keys and he must chill. He's not that guy, but he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys. Yeah, the, where he's yeah. the key master. Yeah. yeah, where he's the key master. Exactly. Who's the character? In and this guy play, plays a serious uh, or plays a similar role in both. In that he's like grumpy and he seems like he's nice on the surface, and then you see his true colors, and he's really a, a nasty guy. Oh, wow, in both movies. Yeah. Wow. Who oh, this is this dude, it's uh, I'm I'm going to just sit, call him Martin Crane because I I don't remember his dude, name Martin off the top Crane. of my head. Yes. Wow. He's in both. He's, he's he in both. runs the show that Winona works for and then so he's the he's the foil for both Lloyd Dobblers. He is and he's such a jerk in both movies in in completely different ways, you know? Yes. Amazing. I love that guy. Dude, in the 90s studies department, this has got to be a class or a, you know, at least a, a thesis that someone's working on. Yes, absolutely. This needs to be a thesis. It, it, could, be, it's, it could be an entire class, Zach. Um, at the very least, it's a, it's a seminar that we would give. We would team teach it. Um, you know, one, of us would, one of us would take Reality Bites. One of us would take Say Anything. Um, oh, yes. This is, this is lovely material. I, I just, I'm reinvigorated for our, our 90s studies program. I had stopped working on it altogether, to be Dude, honest. It's so man. funny you say that because I had also stopped working on it. But you know what? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the committee back together. I'm gonna get out all those folders of paper that I had that I had produced on ninety studies. I'm gonna start working on the uh, the accreditation process. Yeah, exactly. That was really what yeah, I got stuck on exactly. that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, yeah, the accreditation. It's such a headache. So many hoops to jump through. But you know what it's worth it. Because the kids need to learn about this. You know, they need they need to learn about this fabulous decade 
Oh, baby. That's really that's a really Dude. I, I feel like this show, it kind of turned into like an academic conference in that it's almost like you're sharing your research with me. You know what I mean? Like you made a discovery. And uh And we've made some breakthroughs together, haven't we? We made some breakthroughs together. I love that, man. This is how this is how learning happens. You know, learning happens on this show. It's educational. <laughs> I love it, baby. Baby, I wanna I wanna shift gears pretty drastically into an area of business and commerce that started in the 90s. So it's kind of cohesive. And it's made a, it's sort of like Ethan Hawke. Okay, so, oh, all right, here's another huge startling <laughs> discovery. The, the Ethan Hawke of the soda slash energy drink world is Jolt Cola. Yes! Okay, because kind of, kind of hit the scene, had its apex in the 90s, went away for a super long time. Uh, and now, it now it's it's back. it's back in selected places. Um, Only Jolt Cola has aged better. Like yes. you, you don't pop it open and go, "Oh, this is ninety year old soda." Jolt Cola looks and tastes like the same. Where's Where's <laughs> Ethan Hawke? Is uh, he hasn't aged as well? So, baby, tell us about Jolt Cola. I know you're an enthusiast. You may be the Jolt Cola. You know, is almost my religion. Yeah. You know, and not to be sacrilegious, sacrilegious, if you uh, will. Um, I will. But when I was 12, I started getting it at least three times a week. I'd go to, I'd ride my bike down Woodside mm-hmm. in, in Bay City. I'd get a Jolt Cola and a comic book from the 7-Eleven. Oh, that sounds idyllic. It just sounds you so decide, nice. Are there 7-Elevens in, in the Jackson area? Uh, you know, I don't think there are, Zach. I, I don't remember seeing one. Are, are there any 7-Elevens even up by you anymore? Are there still a couple up there? There are three in the area. Oh, in Grand Rapids, there's only one. They're, they're like slowly fading away, which to me is... Oh, it's just awful it really because that also is kind of this emblematic yes. part of the 80s, 90s Absolutely. memories. Yep. yep. Uh, but I mean, I, so I started that. And then and then when I got into college, it became kind of like my thing. Mm-hmm. Like in, in high school, couch. You remember couch? Oh, I, do I remember couch? Is the Pope Catholic? Of course I do. <laughs> Anymore? Not so yeah, much. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but the, the, uh, the thing we would do is we'd have like three jolts a piece. Uh-huh. And throughout our like little shows that we would yeah. play, which honestly we probably did about eight or nine mm-hmm. times, but like I, you know, I kind of remember it like it was this constant like it was thing. A tour, um, yeah. We'd all, yeah, right. It was this major tour. We'd crack them open and just down them, like glug 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 glug, with the idea that that would make our mu- music faster. And like, you know, yeah. it was like our, our like Christian uh, evangelical kid version of like Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. doing heroin or whatever to to play better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then. Into college, I would I would literally do it. I'm gonna put this up as a graphic. Uh-huh. One day when I was about to get married, uh, tell me if you did yeah. this. I was like, I've just been spending money. Uh-huh. I've been keeping track of how much I have in the bank so that I don't get these non-sufficient funds things that I got earlier in college. Yeah. And I I went through and I said, I'm just gonna look at the last year and I'm gonna break down a pie graph of what I've been spending my money wow. on just to see how I'm wow. doing. I, I can honestly tell you, I've never ever done that in my life. Yeah, your wife does uh, handles the finances big picture, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, quote unquote handles. Um, we both <laughs> we are about the worst detail people and money managers in the world. So she handles it just kind of by default. And I'm not this isn't to impugn her at all, but we're we, yeah, we would never do like charts and graphs. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Well, what I discovered with the thing was that I had been giving two percent of my income to church okay. and I had <laughs> been spending eleven percent of it. <laughs> At a place called Martha's Vineyard, okay. which is this pretentious little wine and cheese shop. And the only things I ever bought there uh-huh. were Jolt Cola, uh-huh. which was 
almost all of what I bought there. Yeah. Occasionally, I'd buy a little tub of pistachios with my Jolt Cola. Sure. And once in a while, I'd buy a Garcia Vega mm -hmm. crap cigar. Mm -hmm. So basically, I'd been spending 2% uh, I'd been giving to church. 11% I'd been spending on Jolt. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. That's a lot. <laughs> and, and I think that factored into also putting on a lot of weight because, you know, all the sugar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hear that it's empty calories. I'm not sure. I haven't done the, I haven't done the science on it, just to be fair. I'm not a nutritionist, yeah, guys. I'm not a nutritionist. But so when it disappeared, I was crushed, yeah. which happened, you know, when I was about 28 years old. Mm -hmm. Good time to stop drinking that much Jolt. Mm -hmm. And when I heard it was coming back, you, you can imagine the elation. Mm -hmm. But then, as I told you, I couldn't find it anywhere. Mm -hmm. I had chronicled in a series of live Facebook things, uh -huh. me going into sad dollar jetness. <laughs> Dude, it is the Ethan Hawke of the, of, the, of the 90s and the beverage world. Dude, because... You're the Ethan Hawke, too, in this story, though, because I'm envisioning <laughs> you and like... <laughs> like a like a a taupe like long trench coat with with nineties like hook hair and in kind of a a disaffected sneer on your face but like a hot sneer you know what I mean dude and he's he's hot sneering and sauntering into a a Dollar General yeah, that's you you're the Ethan Hawk and Jolt is the Ethan Hawk both the Ethan Hawk and when we yeah. We can only come together. I'm actually looking at two empties of Jolt on my desk. I did I did get a hold of some, but I don't want to jump the thing. Yeah. Because you and I were on the... Uh, I think we were either talking or texting uh -huh. and came to the conclusion that it was just monumentally sad that I used to go to this kind of Tony wine shop yeah. and get my glass bottle Jolt. Yes. And now I got to go to Dollar General. Which is the which saddest is, place on earth. It's Oh, you're so documented, right, dude. It's so yeah, sad. Yeah, the saddest place on earth for sure. But I had nice people. I had my some two parishioners went, and one of them drove all the way to Potterville, okay. which you know how far that is from here. I do, yeah. That's out that's by Weberville. <laughs> <laughs> which is completely covered with Jolt Cola <laughs> and stuff. Jolt Town USA is what we call it. <laughs> Dude, you know but I've had a few. Joke? Just you and me oh, and our, our wives. wives. Like four people. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my wife the other day. She uh, she asked me again to explain the like the, the genesis of the Weberville joke. She had forgotten. And you were like, I don't know the genesis. It just started. It just started. Exactly. I kept our secret safe. <laughs> oh, good grief. You know, Chad, we're going to have a little movie night together. Yes, and this are. I'm going to clip out. Yes. Um, should we like introduce like the first half of those clips? Wait a minute. Introduce what? The first half of the clips of us, like, goofing on the movie, even though that doesn't exist yet? Oh, yeah, we should. Although we don't know the name of the movie we're going to watch, so I guess we can't really do that. We don't, do we? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. All right. Yeah. Some of the time. Yeah, some of the <laughs> Baby, so you've, you've been making regular forays into Dollar General to get uh, Jolt Cola. Is that what I'm hearing? Honestly, dude, I had a few, and I when I cracked the first one open, I hadn't drank one since you and I re reviewed the thing in 2015. Okay, um, and I expected it to be this just amazing thing, and I was like, oh, it tastes like off-brand cola. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it didn't really. It didn't have the. It didn't have the zing. It didn't have the punch. I think that. Like, you know, you can rewatch certain movies, sure. but some of them you you watch again, and they just don't hold up. Yeah. Sadly, I think Jolt kind of didn't fully hold up for me, which oh, is good for my, my waistline, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, bad for your just your soul, but good for the waistline. 
Um, bad for my persona in my band, right? You know? and cow, what's Couch gonna drink now? What's the ninety or what's the 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 modern day reboot of Couch? Like you guys need to do a reunion a reunion show, a coffee house gig. Which, Dude, can we open for live in Louisville? Oh, that would be incredible. That would be amazing. You should, no. We'll do an acoustic set because that's the most '90s thing too, oh, right? Yes. We we'll do it unplugged. You need to go back to this. Someone can play a Kahan. Someone can play. Kahan. We could get, dude. We need to get K. We need Kahan, man. We need him in this this oh. band project now. You're needed now. Yeah, Kahan, man. It's it's time to stop being coquettish, right. and it's time to. It's time to bring your playing coin. Bring your Kahan, and uh, <laughs> grab your Kahan and, and dude, Kahan up, if you will. Kahan up. That's right. I love it. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> oh, baby, this is good. Um, one one last item on our on our set list, as it were, uh, before we do another chapter of uh, Re-Raptured again, our, our Rapture book sequel. Um, you had a fan of the program from New Zealand go to your church. Is this right? I think he's from Australia. Okay. I think I accused him of being from New Zealand, and I had him confused with two other people who are New, New Zealandic. And look at me. I did the same, same thing. So I bet he feels really yeah, dishonored we both did by, the same thing. by how how little we we seem to care for where he comes from. But I I do care deeply though. And here's I the thing: care. this is the guy who we uh, we we changed his life because we took credit for getting he and his wife together. Oh, good. Because he he's marrying a girl from Traverse City. Okay. And they both came to my church, mm-hmm. and I got to meet them, and it was awesome. That's great, baby. Um, what what did the meeting look like? Was it? Did you go to lunch? We, I wanted to, but they had to go to a uh, wedding uh, shower, which is kind of like the sort of stuff they were in the country for. Okay. So I didn't want to you know, like ask them to, to just skip it. Mm. Um, but we, we stood outside the church in the parking lot mm-hmm. and, and talked for a long time. And I had my, my wife pull out her phone and start recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we could, and, and it was all really funny, really great stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and aside, I had that morning, I'd been very tired and I had accidentally said boobies okay. in my sermon. Okay. okay. I love it. <laughs> I was, I was talking about how mothers kind of say made up like nonsense words uh-huh. to their children, uh-huh. kind of babble. Uh-huh. And I said, you know, they were talking about boppies and, and yeah. bebas yeah. and boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the room realized what I'd said. Oh, I love it. Uh, but here's the I thing, Ted, I love my wife. Yeah. Deeply. I know that. She's a wonderful person. Mm, she is, yeah. She's got a lot of gifts. She's good at a lot of things. She really is, yeah. Agreed. When it comes to audio files mm. that, uh, you know, are concerns of the Gut Check podcast, mm-hmm. she's poison. Mm. She's antimatter. Oh, no. Oh, wow. So I don't have anything, you know, to, to tack in here or a clip or anything. It just, it sort of disappeared. You know what I love about that anecdote, though? Several things. And I, I want to I go deeper into this. But I love how... You're always thinking about the show. I mean, even <laughs> even when you're 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 conversating with people, like you're always thinking about how to make the show better. Like it's continuous improvement, and and people talk about that in business. Um, but you're living it. You're walking it. <laughs> and uh, I just love the fact that even when I wasn't there, Ethan Hawk of business. You're the, <laughs> Ethan Hawk of business. Although Ethan Hawk was the anti-business guy in all the '90s movies. He was the guy You're who right. was like philosophically opposed to business. He was too good for it. You know? He threw the desk set into the pond. That's right. I don't right? need commerce. You know, I'm not going to. I don't want a leather. Uh, what's the word? Hold on. I'm going to make it sound yeah, like. Yeah. I don't need my a desk blotter. Yeah. Yeah. Desk blotter. Dude, I want a desk blotter. 
Do you remember those? I've got a desk blotter. Do you really? Yeah, I've got, I'm looking at one right now. Yeah. Dude, because I've got a really nice desk here in the office, but no blotter. <laughs> Dude, I, I, went, I went full, like, like 90s, 80s Wall Street, yeah. you know, kind of thing when I, when I came here mm-hmm. and was setting up my office. I was like, I need all the things, all the, like, little things. All the little knickknacks. So I ordered on yeah. eBay a $100 desk set. Yes. It has a leather inbox, mm-hmm. a leather blotter, mm-hmm. a little leather, like, mail holder and pen holder and mm-hmm. little leather paper, mm-hmm. scrap paper thing. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I've got that all those little, like a little city set up, and then you know you got to get the stuff with the green felt on the bottom too. Yes, I love all that, man. Although Ethan Hawke would not use any of that. He would be oh, Ethan Hawke would burn it down, man. If he had a desk at all, it would be like a repurposed old door, like over a mm-hmm. couple of sawhorses. You know what I mean? And he would have rejected several doors for not being like crackled enough. Yeah, he would have. He would have rejected doors for being too corporate. Like that door was once, it was in an office building once, so I want nothing to do with it. I want nothing to do with anything commercial. Uh, in that, he was a lot like Lloyd Dobler. He didn't want to buy or sell or process anything either, Zach. Dude. Yeah, so there were ways uh, that he overlapped with Dobler, so many but he wasn't the one. I mean, he was he was the Diane Court, though. He was the mm, one who was yes. needed to be courted, if he you did. will. I will, yes. Oh, And she had to boombox him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and she was boomboxing him and... Dude, another another '90s thing, Winona Ryder. I don't even think I can talk about Winona Ryder without just being kind of dragged back into a, a headspace mm. that I shouldn't re-enter mm. as a married man. Yeah, no, I, I I get it. I totally get it. You know what she's in now, though, and I know you know this because we've talked about it. Stranger Things. Yeah, and, I've never seen any of that. Really? Oh, interesting. No, I haven't. The interesting thing about it, you could watch it with a clean conscience vis-a-vis what you just shared about Winona Ryder because (laughs) they make her purposefully hideous looking. And (laughs) she spent the entirety of season one just like shrieking. Like all she does is kind of shriek and yowl. So So she just annoys you. She's like uh, Mary Steenberger in Back to the Future 3. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like on one hand you're like, oh, it's, it's cool that she's there. But then on the other hand you're like, I wish she wasn't shrieking and yowling. (laughs) <laughs> um, so it's a real it's a real mixed bag emotionally vis-a-vis Winona Ryder. Um, do break that show down for me. Tell me, I mean, forgetting yeah. forgetting Ryder because I actually do have a control of my passions and and mm. and could watch her in a film. I was sure. just making a, you know a funny. No, I know you're making it, a funny. It, and I was something... I was building upon the funny. I know. I just didn't want people to think less of me as mm-hmm. they listen to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something I should watch? Was it worth the the time you put into the season? Are you going to watch season two? Yes, I am, uh, Zach. I think it was phenomenal. And here's why. It was the perfect sort of nostalgic 80s thing because it takes place in the 80s and it's got a real kind of Goonies vibe. It's got kind of a Super Mm. 8 vibe if you saw that movie. Um, So it it takes you back into that time and place really nicely. Uh, But it's also a really great story and character study. There's There's a male character in it. He's a cop. He plays a cop who's one of the most compelling characters I think I've seen on, on television in the last decade. Um, really, really incredible. There are some kid actors in it who are really good. Um, well-written scripts? Very, very well-written. And you know me, man. You know I'm the last guy to go for, like, science fiction. Like, I'm not a science fiction guy. I don't care about those That's stories. That's what kept me away from it. Yeah, exactly. And it would have kept me away from it, except that we tried it, and we were like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. So within one app, you were like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna see this through." 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, within mm-hmm. one app, I was hooked. I love the aesthetic. I love the vibe. I love the characters. I cared about the characters, and uh, I was I was in. And there is a little bit of science fiction. There's a little bit of a kind of nefarious, kind of monstery thing going on. But it's really like elegantly done, and they don't give you much of it, which I think is good. Um, they they don't they don't barrage you with that. So uh, I would try it. I would try Stranger Things. I think you would enjoy. Dude, it. On your recommendation, I will. And it was one of those things. Like the more I heard people talk about how great it was, the less mm-hmm. I wanted to watch it. You know sure. what I mean? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But when I hear you tell me how great it is, the more yeah. I want to watch it. Yeah, no, that's that's terrific. And uh, let, let's do this. Let's have you watch a little bit of it, and then get an update on the on the next program. Because like let's you, I'm it. always thinking about the program. I'm yes. always one or two steps down the board in terms of how are we going to take this great profitable company and make it even greater? Um, that's where I'm at just business wise. So two weeks ago I was baptizing four people and I I confess, (laughs) I was thinking like, but how does it help the gut check podcast? I mean, great for the kingdom of God, but you're like, should I record this audio? Like maybe, (laughs) maybe not. I don't know. But I just love that, though. I love that that's the headspace you're in when, when you're doing your job. Um, because we, we both have other occupations, Zach, but really we work for Gut Check. Um, yeah, exactly. Every, yeah. I mean, at the end else, of the day, if I had to let something go, it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't be Gut Check. Everything else is just kind of a side hustle. Um, <laughs> I mean, do we, do we or do we don't have $14 in our bank account as a company? <laughs> no, we did. And then I had to you know, renew our... Oh, uh, okay. But, you know, on the other side of that, did we or did we not live like absolute moguls with no thought to, you know, Saltless. the, the finite, like finitude kings. of resources? Yeah. Oh, it was incredible. It was decadent. It was like In a the gen- Middle East, yeah. people thought we were like oil tycoons over there. They treated us as such. They treated us like oil tycoons. For a second, when I had that uh, that Khalif like hat on, like the Arafat mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. that guy would have never asked you to buy the Khalif had he not thought you were an oil sultan. Because <laughs> they're very yeah, they're discriminating about that. That's how they. That's how they. They they see you walk into the room and they go, "Could he or couldn't he be an oil sultan?" And if the answer is no, they just don't approach you. Um, now, Ted, you I say they see me. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You say they see me walk into the room, and that reminds yeah. me of something we were going to try that we, we kind of teased at the beginning. Yeah, uh, which was uh, for walking to to read a little tweet. Zach, um, we're gonna we're gonna harken back to a, a conceit that we've had on this program since since day one. Really, um, we've been doing this show a long time. We're radio veterans, um, but I want you to fire up the randomizer. All right, this is a piece of technology that we've had with us for a long time. The only piece that's never given us much trouble, honestly. Yeah. It always right. works fire right away. Up, fire up the randomizer, and uh, you've got a tweet for us. And, and the concept is this. One of us will read um, a Rachel Held Evans tweet, and the rule is we can't react in any way. Or in this case, um, we, a celebrity will read it, and yeah, we can't so react. I've actually got Christopher Walken's agent on the phone, and Chris is... Uh, he's landed in Jackson. He's in my building, and um, he's making his way up to room 308 in Jennings Hall, which is where I office. And uh, he's going to be—he's going to be reading the tweet. So I bet by the time you get the randomizer fired up, uh, Mr. Walken will be in in my office. Ted, did you uh, did you just use the word office as a verb ironically, or have you been kind of converted to I that? I did. Okay, so that's a thing that douche academicians will use. <laughs> 
Well, you will use it as lamenting a group. it just a couple weeks ago, and now I was lamenting it. it, and now I've started to do it ironically. <laughs> okay, and I enjoy okay. doing it. Yeah, I do it ironically. Let me be clear, though. I think it's obnoxious, <laughs> and I want to punch people when they do it. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I'm hitting the button on the uh, the randomizer now. Okay. And all right, and, and I've got uh, I've got Chris Walken in the office. So, uh, Mr. Walken, I'm a huge fan. Um, thanks so much. <laughs> thanks so much for being on the program today. Thanks for flying in all the way from uh, from LA just to to be with us on the Gut Check Podcast. <laughs> it's no problem. Uh, well, again, thank you so much, Mr. Walken. We really appreciate it. So, what I'm going to do is fire up the uh, I'm going to pull up the randomizer. And we're going to have you read this tweet from Rachel Held Evans, and I'm going to try not to respond. Okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. I am losing my mind. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. Truth is irrelevant. Gah. Gah. <laughs> oh, dude. Are you like... Did, something, else, something else happened in your office? Yeah, there, there was this one squirrel... And this other squirrel outside my window, it was a whole thing. Oh, that's great. That's so funny because something funny happened in my office, in fact, too. It was, as soon as, it was so as funny as I Chris, missed the, uh, the thing. Could you have Chris read it again so I can listen no, and I, really kind of take it I in? I can't. I think, I think his voice is shot, actually. <laughs> his voice sounded good to me, I got to say. Uh, no, it didn't sound that great. It didn't sound that great. Chris, I'm going to recommend that you... That you drink some some hot tea with a little bit of honey and lemon in it. <laughs> okay? Okay. <laughs> Folks, that's Christopher Walken uh, joining, joining us all the way from Los Angeles. Uh, we're really thankful to have him on the program. And Zach, we have time uh, for one more segment. And this segment involves a little bit of business because uh, what I want people to do uh, in anticipation of the Rapture novel sequel is go to Amazon.com, uh, your favorite little neighborhood bookseller, and buy uh, Re-Raptured. Re-Raptured is our Rapture novel. Uh, it's a satire, but it also totally works as uh, a novel, and I think it's not too much of a stretch to say um, it might be the great American novel. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave it at that, and I'm going to encourage people to buy it. I think it's less than $5. And the great European and, Union uh, no- uh, novel, which is, of course, exactly. the... Whatever, which is even a bigger piece. deal in yeah. some circles. I mean, whatever, yeah, whatever circles you run in. Um, so this is a this is a, a book, Zach, called Re-Raptured Again. Um, it's a sequel in which we catch up to some of the characters that were in our first novel. So, um, and you read us the the prologue last week, which you wrote, and now I'm going to be reading chapter one, which is called Pleasant Morning, United States. <laughs> so this takes place in 2016. Here we go. Got to arrange the the microphone so I can look at the screen. Ted Strongbow is in a makeup chair backstage. The word is stippling. (laughs) Stippling is that thing that the definitely gay but closeted makeup guy is doing to Strongbow's face. Strongbow can't think of the word because thinking of words really isn't his thing. (laughs) What is his thing is being handsome and trustworthy and focus grouping as pleasant among demographics including women between the ages of 45 and 60s retirees in the deep south and gay men which is why he's the co-host of pleasant morning united states (laughs) pmus is the longest running nationally syndicated morning program in the country 
Longest running, meaning that it's on for 11 hours from 4 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day. Strongbow's contract pays him time and a half for the last three hours. There's very little traffic at 3 a.m. when Strongbow drives his Toyota Prius into the Midtown studio. The ex-quarterback drives a Prius because it focus groups well amongst Coloradans, Indigo <laughs> Girls fans, and yeah. college sophomores. This is important to the network. So Alex Wiles Strong- likes it. Yeah, James Wiles. James is Wiles. Fan. Yeah, how did I mess that yeah, up? Yeah. I'm going to cut that out. Strongbow has been out of the All States Football League for three years. People still occasionally write columns about how he deserves another chance, but those people are fewer and further between. <laughs> The thing about the stippling is that the makeup guy is doing it, like, hard. <laughs> like he has something personal against Strongbow. <laughs> Strongbow does his best to be friendly without being at all flirty with the makeup guy. Because Strongbow is 29 and single, there is some internet chatter about how he might be gay. <laughs> he acts like this doesn't bother him, but it totally does. The thing about hosting a morning show like this is that you can never be, like, bothered. Being bothered doesn't focus group well. <laughs> Strongbow knows this and was hired for his preternatural ability to look perfectly put together, even at 3 a.m. The girl affixing his lapel microphone smells like lilacs. She has dark hair and a furrowed brow and is severe and professional and bothered looking. He loves this. She's allowed to be bothered because she works backstage and is a serious journalist. She does things with her hands where, after affixing the mic, she like smooths out his lapels a few more times than necessary. The lapels aren't wrinkled. They're never wrinkled. You could slice cheese with these lapels. That's how non-wrinkled they are. The point being is that they don't need smoothing, and that the smoothing is just an excuse for her to get her hands on Strongbow's midsection. Oh. Three minutes to air, Ted, she says. She smiles and clicks her heels as she walks away. Pencil skirt. Strongbow sighs, but in a way that you can't hear it. It's a thought sigh. (laughs) Ted, I've got your note cards for the segment on best beach salads and your recycled paper aprons for the environmentally conscious summer cookout fashion, says Alex Roth. Alex! The tiny little... Alex. The tiny little line producer is missing the lower half of his legs because of an incident that happened during Strongbow's last ASFL game. Ted, an aside, I feel like a number of people... (laughs) A number of people who died in the first book make an appearance in this book. That's true. Some of them it was a decision we made, and some of them it just it sort of happened. Indicating that they weren't actually dead is the yeah, thing. Right. They were a lot stronger than we thought. Yeah. Roth got partially blown up or something. <laughs> Strongbow doesn't know because he was atop a light stanchion waiting for a helicopter. It was a crazy night, needless to say. <laughs> now Roth hobbles like a character from a classic story that Strongbow can't recall the name of. The character is Tiny Tim. Strongbow does know that... strongbow does know that the guy roth is working on a novel he's seen him sequestered in his cubicle at 3 a.m surrounded by empty cups of coffee strongbow can hear the clacking of a typewriter as roth works he uses a typewriter because he is a hipster (laughs) what's the novel about strongbow asks compulsively pushing back a piece of hair from his forehead that isn't actually the piece of hair there it's (laughs) kafka-esque Falling somewhere on an imaginary spectrum between writing and performance art, Roth explains. You lost me at It's, Strongbow says. He likes this, playing the role of the dumb jock. They both guffawed his little wisecrack, and Roth loves the guffawing. Finally, he's one of the guys. (laughs) It's actually about a disabled 20-something living in Brooklyn Heights and trying to find love, Roth continues. 
What's that? Strongbow says. He's deeply engrossed in the note cards because he would call himself the hardest working man in show business had Ray Charles not previously already been using that term. <laughs> my book, Roth says. We were talking about my book. Strongbow doesn't look up from the note cards. You're on in 30 seconds, Ted, says the serious journalist. Strongbow thinks he's getting vibe from her, but he can't be sure because there's nobody in his life with which he can discuss things like vibe. What's weird is that she was involved somehow in that night in Denver. <laughs> the one with the explosions and the wafting up above the stadium lights. And action, she says. Cue canned studio audience applause. The lights get brighter. Strongbow's bleached smile positively radiates. <laughs> the girl's name is Kate Russell Morrison. Yes! And then we have a page break. This is a long chapter, baby. Sorry. No, don't apologize. Uh, you, should be, you should be saying you're welcome. <laughs> so we have a little page break. Duke Morrison wakes up at 4.30 every morning because he has woken up at 4.30 since he was a college football player at Florida Christian Polytechnic, a school he used to be the most famous alumnus of until Ted Strongbow came along. <laughs> he and Strongbow now live in the same town, which he huskily chuckles at the irony of. <laughs> irony because he never really liked Strongbow, but if he did, they would probably now do things like grab coffee together and reminisce about the old days. That's not irony, explains his wife, Kate. <laughs> That's just living in the same town as a guy you don't like, but kind of know. She's right. She's always right. She's, she's doing a hot thing girls do, which is being harried and in a hurry and running late. And trying to do things like applying lipstick while also digging around for keys and stuff. She has a bagel in her mouth because her two hands are full. I'm a lucky man, Morrison thinks. He thinks it, and he knows it to be true, but he doesn't feel lucky. That's the weird thing. He wonders what will become of the bagel and if there are any more. He doesn't say anything. She works in television with, and this is actually ironic, Ted Strongbow. She's a producer on a show called Pleasant Morning United States, which even Duke Morrison knows as banal. She pronounces banal the other way, the way that doesn't rhyme with anal. It makes her sound pretentious, but he digs that because he's sneakily pretentious himself. But even that, pretentiousness isn't making him happy anymore. This is a problem. Morrison actually loves her intellect. Their courtship was, to say the least, fast, in that he married her that night in Denver, <laughs> the night with all of the fights, explosions, machine gunning, and people getting blown up but not entirely blown up. <laughs> As it turns out, all of that stuff is kind of an aphrodisiac. Who knew? And that's the same night he met her. He married her because Dynex Lifeway Kilometer High Stadium, since renamed Crossway Motorola Guru Energy Field, <laughs> was his distinct purview in the way that a sea captain has ultimate jurisdiction on his ship. Needless to say, it was a quick ceremony. The skinny kid who fell in the grenade only lost the bottom half of his legs. He was so skinny that most of the grenade, what's the word, shrapnel, just <laughs> flew around him. He works on the show now, too as they were both part of an initiative called Journalists Enduring Trauma and Surviving, or JETS, which gives high-end New York journalism jobs to people who have been partially blown up or otherwise injured on the job. <laughs> this is so cynical and funny. <laughs> it's a really oddly specific program. Yeah, it really is. Morrison, Morrison moved to New York to be supportive, but feels a little rudderless here. He hasn't coached in three years. 
Duke is wearing a pair of Denver Values workout shorts and a Flex All 454 t-shirt he got for free at training camp in the 90s, even though it's like 2 in the afternoon. <laughs> it's what he uses for pajamas. He finds New York fascinating in that anything he wants, he can just order on his phone, and then someone will appear on his doorstep with it a few minutes later. <laughs> this, he thinks, is a miracle, because if there's anybody who hates going outside in New York City, it's Duke Morrison. It's not so much the city he has a problem with, just the traffic, the closeness of all the buildings, all the ethnicities, and in general, all the people. New Yorkers are not football-type people, which in Duke Morrison's moral and ethical economy is the highest compliment someone can receive. <laughs> he doesn't so much walk through the swanky Manhattan loft as he lumbers through it, bleary-eyed, like those bears you read about in the newspaper that actually wander through a Walmart parking lot. Kate wonders if he's depressed, but hasn't talked to anyone about it. Bye, honey, Kate says on the way out the door. She removes the bagel from her mouth and gives him a long kiss and runs her hands through his thick gray mane of hair. She tastes like bread. <laughs> As she turns away in her pencil skirt, they're doing a special Saturday afternoon taping. He says audibly this time, damn. She likes this. As it, turned out, being As it turns out, being objectified by Duke Morrison really works for her. <laughs> she even sometimes asks him to read aloud her college papers on the objectification of women. A variation on this theme was the topic of all her papers, including, but not limited to, sexism, body image, eating disorders, empowerment in general, and wage discrepancy, so that they can laugh about them together. It's funny how time brings a little perspective. The elevator door clicks shut. Finally, Morrison says. He lumbers back inside and pulls out his laptop, <laughs> opening a document called Great American Novel <laughs> Actual. <laughs> Duke Morrison is writing his magnum opus. His phone rings. Timmy V, he growls. It's a nickname he's trying out for Dr. Tim Van Shrimpy. Oh! And that's the end of the chapter, baby. That's all? Yeah, that's all. That's it. That 4,000-word, half-hour thing is the end of the chapter. It's freaking spectacular. Oh, thanks, baby. I had a lot of fun doing that. A lot of fun writing it, as you know, because we've had fun with this together. So we need to uh, we need to bump up our, our commerce a little bit. So if you haven't done so already, uh, run, don't walk to Amazon.com, booksellers, um, and grab a copy of The Christian Gentleman's Smoking Companion. Do that. Um, this is a wonderful little volume. We have it in hardcover and paperback um, that will guide you through the ins and outs of cigar and pipe smoking as a Christian. Um Zach, this has been our best-selling book to date, and it's the book that I think, without knowing all of our listeners personally, um, it's the book that I think all of them should buy and all of them would enjoy the most. And so probably all of them I'm, have already bought. I'm asking that they do that. So I'm, I'm asking personally of all of them that they do that. You're asking if they nicely. have already bought... Yeah, I'm asking nicely. And if they've already bought The Christian Gentleman's Smoking Companion, I'm also asking that they buy... Uh, Re-Rapture, our first novel, so that they can fully enjoy this second novel with us. Um, baby, this has been a great program. I've, I've been excited to, uh, to be back on the air with you and do some radio together. Um, it, had been, it had been entirely too long. And we will see you 